that you know, trust, and believe that there's nothing between you and us anymore. The way has been made clear for us to come boldly to the throne of grace, to the throne of glory, and we can now boldly be recipients of all that is needed in our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that long before we even arrived, you were here waiting for us with great anticipation. We thank you, Jesus. You may be seated for the word. And you may be seated, first and foremost, because our Lord is seated. The greatest way that we honor our Lord is to take the position that he has taken on our behalf. Amen? Amen. Let's read from Scripture, Hebrews 8, verse 10 through 13. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Let us read. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds. I will put it in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall have to teach his neighbor nor his brother, saying, Do you know the Lord? For all shall know me, from the greatest to the least. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Dear Jesus, we thank you for tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for orchestrating tonight, for bringing those that are ready and ripe for the season. I thank you, Jesus, that every man and woman in this house has been set here on purpose. Holy Spirit, I ask that you take over right now. Thank you for the honor and privilege to be able to feed your flock. But we have not come here to hear a mere man. But we have come here to hear you, my Lord Jesus. Let it be you the one that speaks to your people. Let it be you the one that feeds them, water them, nurture them, carry them, Father. And we thank you for everything that you have done, for everything you're doing, and for everything that you will continue to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Man, let's give him a round of applause. The one that really deserves it. Amen. Excuse me. Well, great, guys. Man, what a great time to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? No greater place than to be in the presence of the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You could have been anywhere else. Could have been watching Netflix, could have been making donuts, coffees, whatever, but you decided to be here. So give yourself a round of applause. Amen? Awesome, guys. You know... As I was getting ready for tonight, I feel like the Lord is designated this time that we're living in to propel us forward to uncharted territories. Amen. Remember what did Jesus say to the disciples? He says, let's launch out into the deep. Launch out, Bridge Church, into the unknown. Launch out, Bridge Church, into the uncommon areas. Launch out into the places that might seem uncomfortable. Because the reality is this, if we want to see 
expect and experience new ways of living, new ways of experiencing things. We must do new things. If we keep doing things the way they always did it in the past, but then we don't see any new change, we cannot blame nobody. Amen? Let this be the day where we receive the good news gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the first and primordial thing that elevates humanity, that elevates our community, that makes women be honored, children be respected, marriages put together. What does that combine? What does that come about as a result? From the good news gospel. Amen? And for that, I want you guys to turn to Romans 1, 16, 17. Romans 1, verse 16 through 17. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I get a hallelujah up in here? Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? Awesome, guys. Let us read Romans 1, verse 16 through 17. It reads like this. For I am not ashamed, Paul is talking. I am not ashamed of the gospel of who? Of Jesus Christ. Not the gospel of nobody else. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believes. You see the things of Christ, they're inclusive. They're not exclusive. It's not for the highly elite. It's not for the one that has achieved some high academic status nor financial position. No, it's for everyone. Because it is the power of God. Unto salvation. And that word unto salvation means that it is what compels people to receive Christ. How many of us in here have relatives or even strangers that you know, man, they could use Jesus? Let me see. I want to make sure I'm talking to the right crowd. The Bible is telling us that the ways the hearts are stirred to open up to Christ is through the gospel. What gospel? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Not about uh, how to achieve uh, financial excellence. Not about how to achieve academic uh, achievements. No, it's the gospel. And what gospel? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Verse 17. For in it, in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Okay. Class time. Ready? What does this gospel reveal? The righteousness of God. Amen? Amen? For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. That is the good news that you and I, that the whole world deserves and needs. Justification by believing. Not justification by doing. Not justification based on how I dress how I speak, my lifestyle, even my current situation. No, it is a belief system in what Christ has done. The Bible teaches us that Father Abraham, which is the greatest man that we know, even the Jews acknowledge him as the greatest man. The Bible says that he was not made righteous because he did anything. The only reason that Father Abraham was made righteous only because he believed. And God said, hey, that's my boy. Because he believed in me, he is now righteous. And what does that word righteous mean? Right standing with God. Once you know who you are, you become 
Knowing who you are makes you, elevates you, makes you manifest all the things that we all desire, not only for ourselves, but all those around us. Amen? It's not by doing, it's by believing. Because when you believe right, you will live right. Amen? Man, write that down, yo. And this good news gospel, I'm going to share with you two references. First, in Romans 8.1. What does this gospel, good news gospel, reproduce? Romans 8.1. For there is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So this gospel, in believing in Christ, receiving your justification by faith, produces in you no more guilt, no more shame, no more condemnation. Even, we must be bold to say this, even if you're living in sin right now, if you receive Jesus in your heart, you have stepped out of that slavery, out of that servanthood, into sonship, into family relationship. And this relationship, yeah, let's give it up for, for our Lord Jesus Christ, man. This relationship, by the grace of God, is not obtained by us. Thank the Lord. You know how many years I tried since a young boy. People telling me, Omar, you got to do this. You got to do that. Hey, man, first you need to stop talking like that. First you need to stop doing that. First you need to, you know, dress different. You need to talk. Man, you need to behave right. Man, Lord knows I wanted to. For years. But the problem was that, man, how? Man, tell me how. Don't just tell me what to do and then leave me hanging. That is the greatest challenge that our youth is facing this day. How we just burden them with, with burdensome things that we don't even do ourselves. But by the grace of God, he's changing that by raising up new leadership, especially among the youth. Amen? So we need to elevate the youth. Make them feel that they're champions, that they're powerful, that they're worthy. More than enough. Because... That is how God sees them. And also in Romans 5.1, go ahead, Andrew. Romans 5.1, it says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Man, receive that in your heart. Because you have been justified by faith, you have peace. You know, one of the greatest reasons that there's so much conflict in the body of Christ and also outside is because an unsettled or unresolved peace. There's something that individual, it's not that he's trying to be mean. It's not that they're not being uh, uh, kind. It's just that there's an unsettled uh, something inside of them that says there's no total 100% peace. Know that when you engage with others, and it could be in marriage, children relationship, ministerial relationship, secular relationship. Every time there's a challenge of argument, anger, discontentment, is because there's not a 100% settleness of peace. Because when you know you have peace, now you can give peace to others. Does that make sense? Amen. We can only give what we have. When we know we're loved, we can love others. When we know we're truly forgiven, we can forgive others. When we know that we have it all, we give it all. Unencumberedly. Because the truth is this. If my Lord is who he says he is, 
Why not give? Why not forgive? Why not give the best of my time, of effort, of my words? If he is who he says he is, he says, I will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Not according to my bank account. Not according to the world's economy. Forget that. I'd rather be uh, totally confident in his supply versus the supply of man. And that is power. Imagine if we can instill this and pass this on to our children, to our youth. We would elevate and create a whole new generation where the outcome of our current societal standing will be totally transformed for the glory of Christ. Amen? Again, once you know who you are, you will become. And this reproduction of becoming is true holiness. One of the greatest things that we can do in our walk with Christ is to walk in holiness. We all want to walk in holiness. Holiness is like the best thing. But the question is, inevitably, how? How do I become holy? Because one thing is knowing, but it's a whole totally different thing to understand it. We must know, understand, believe. Amen? So... The follow-up question is like, okay, Omar, you know, I receive all this. This sounds all great. Man, I want to try to believe, and I want to become holy, but how? I want to show you a couple of verses. And now this is going to get in a little more teaching. Okay? There's a difference between imperative and indicative or indicative. I've always known it as indicative, but someone recently corrected me and says, no, it's indicative. Whatever it is... <laughs> Imperative means to initiate a command, to give a command. Indicative is the how. It's easy for us. It takes, think about it, it takes almost no effort for me to give a command to someone. Anyone can do that. But to tell you how, that takes wisdom. That takes the Holy Spirit. That takes time being filled with love, with peace, with righteousness by faith. That will give you the wisdom to know how to communicate the how. And by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit didn't just tell us what to do and leave us hanging. By the grace of God, we're going to elaborate right now on the how to be holy. Amen. And for that, we're going to go to 1 Peter 15, 16. Hallelujah. Man, what a glorious time to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen? I praise you, Jesus. I give you all the glory, praise, and honor. 1 Peter 15, 16. And it goes like this. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now here we see an imperative given in the New Testament that was used in the Old Testament but applied in the New Testament. But if I just stand up here and tell you, hey, you got to be holy and then book it, I, you can't help but to think that what I'm suggesting to you, that in order to become holy, it's now left upon you. But by the grace of God, thank the Lord that he doesn't do it like that. In the previous verses... Verse 13 through 14, let's read that. It says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Everybody's sober up in here, right? 
Okay. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, conforming yourself, not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance. Then it says, but as he who called you is holy, you be holy. You see, my friends, the only way you and I can be holy is when we rest our hope fully upon the grace of God. And how does that grace of God come? Upon the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why we stand here all the time with great boldness talking about Jesus, showing Jesus, elaborating on Jesus. Because it's only through the revelation of Jesus Christ that we become holy. The challenge is when we try to do it otherwise. Because the truth of the matter is that life only has opposites. Either you know who you are or you don't. Either you realize how to become holy or you don't. And when you don't, you are a victim of whatever anybody else is telling you. Or wherever, whatever situation you're at. But when you know who you are, when you know you're a king, a queen, a powerful man and woman of God, anointed, blessed, Bible-talking, tongue-talking, Bible-reading man of God, you be bold when you go out there because you realize that you are in the right, you are in the light. And so that you, it doesn't bother you what's going on outside. It doesn't bother you if 10 people come around and tell you you're a loser because, you know, you realize, no, my father says I'm a winner. And that's also, let me touch a little bit on parenthood, if I may, for a few minutes. Parents, mothers, fathers, you guys have more power in your words than you can ever believe. I stand here as a testament of when I was a little boy and people be bothering me and people be bullying me. My mom said, you're, you're, you're a good boy. You're a champion boy. Man, you're a special boy. And those words carried me through the day. Because my father, my mother at that time spoke that to me. Take ownership in a healthy and loving way, irregardless of what's going on at home. You know, one time I had an experience that by this time I had already received this revelation. Okay? And I was not being my best during the day. And when I came home, one of my children were sick. And now I had a micro moment of reflection I know my, need, my child needs me to lay hands to declare healing. But for a moment, I started being introspective, meaning I'm about to lay hands on my son, but for a moment, I had a thought, am I holy enough to do it? Am I righteous enough to do it? But by the grace of God, the voice of the Lord sounded louder in my heart and said, no, you don't have to. You are not going to lay hands on your child because of you. You're going to lay hands on your child because of me, because my blood. And so I lay hands on my child and say, in Jesus' name, be healed, son. That is power. That is an elevated perspective. You see, my friends, it's good for you and I to have a healthy perspective, to see things from heaven down. The challenge is when we try to see things from earth up. But if we understand by the grace of God to have the same perspective as your father, 
That's why Jesus said, let the weak say, I am strong. To confess, to profess who you are in Christ. Amen? Amen. Because it's his loving grace that transforms us. His loving grace in us that reproduces us to want to be good. Going back to the how. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Titus. Titus 2, 11, 14. One of the main reasons that I'm sharing scripture with you, it's good to hear. It's good that someone tells you. But more than anything else, it's good for you to see it for yourself. Amen? Amen. You know, when I'm away, this past week I went to camp, and, you know, sometimes I see pictures of my lovely wife. Beautiful. Love you, baby. You know, and I could see it, but I would be a fool if when I get back home, she's right next to me, but I still stare at the picture. Amen? It's good for you to hear someone tell you. It's good for you to hear someone share with you, but it's 100% better if you read it for yourself. If you meditate on it. And also, as a caveat, notice this. The Bible never talks about you reading the Bible only talks about you meditating on the word. Therefore, the highest form of expression of ingesting the word is to meditate on it. Think about it. Man, talk about it to yourself when you're driving, when you're here at home, wherever. That is the highest, most powerful form of ingesting the word of God. Amen? Amen. So here we go. Titus 2, 11, 14. It goes like this. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and righteously and godly in the present age. So this grace of God that brings salvation has appeared. You see, grace, my friends, is not a topic. Grace is not a doctrine. Grace is not something that you just celebrate once a year. No, the grace of God has appeared. I'm giving you a clue. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And that word, grace and truth, in the English, it says grace and truth. But in the Greek, it's synonymous. It's one, grace, truth. So how do we read this verse with that new understanding? For Jesus has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, teaching us, that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. So you and I, leaders, you and I, teachers, you and I, parents, mothers, fathers, we teach the grace of God, and the grace of God teaches us how to be good, how to not be ungodly, how to do the right thing. The challenge is when we try to teach direct to the problem. But that, from a biblical standpoint, is not the order of things. And this takes boldness to say because our disposition is always to solve problems, especially males. We're so goal-oriented that we want to take care of that thing now. You know, when we hear our wives complaining, <laughs> let me pause there for a minute. Let me, Holy Spirit, give me the right words. Give me the right words. You know, when our wife is venting, okay, our natural 
right away is like, well, honey, you need to do this. You know, you need to spend time in the word, and you need to do this, and you need to do that. But she's not asking for that. She's just wanting you to listen. Let her express her words. Amen? Amen. Knowing that the ending result is much more love, much more peace, much more kindness. Amen, Bob? Amen, Amen, brother. So again, we teach grace. Grace teaches us. That takes the load off of everybody. One of the reasons that we sometimes get so overworked is because we genuinely, and I, I understand it because I've walked through there many years, we genuinely think that it's us. But the whole time Christ is trying to tell us it's not about you. It's about me in you, through you, for you, and around you. That is what the gospel of grace, the gospel of Jesus Christ produces. That's why in the beginning, I made you sit down on purpose. Because the best way to receive is from a seated, rested position. And I did that as a metaphor. Because usually we do stand. And we will continue to stand because we honor our leadership. But I wanted to model and prove a point through that. That the best way to receive the word of God is from a rested, seated position. When you rest, when you know who you are, you will do, you will become almost effortlessly. Amen? Praise the Lord. And in closing... We're just going to skip this one. We're going to go right into closing. I want to close with the cross. People of God, believers and non-believers, what I'm about to share with you is for everyone. What Christ did for you and I on the cross, it's insurmountable. No price, no nothing can contain it, nothing can define it. On the cross, Jesus Christ did the most excellent and boldest thing any man could do. He took upon himself what you and I can never do. You see, my friend, the question is not, man, Omar, does God have to judge sin? Does God want to judge sin? My friend, it's not whether God wants to or whether God has to. The truth is that God must judge sin because this universe is, was, and forever will be built on righteousness and justice. So God must punish sin. But here's the conundrum. He loves you. So he doesn't want to punish you. So what did he do? He punished his own son. For you, for me. So on the cross, he bore all of our sins, all our iniquities, everything that was supposed to be against us. He set us free so that in turn now we can come into family relationship. No longer are we slaves. No longer are we servants. But now we're children. And to take it further, he didn't stop there. Not only did he make us children, but the Bible says that he also made us 
royal king and priest. And I encourage you, my friends, let this be the night where you receive this with all your heart. Don't let anyone ever make you feel that you're not good enough, that you need to somehow perform more. No, you're already there. When Christ died on the cross and cried out, finish, the Bible says that the veil was torn in half, making a way where there was no way so that we can go through. And the Bible says that that veil was his body, that through the breaking, separating of his body, now you and I can come through, not timidly, not shyly, with great boldness. That's why when we started praying, we say, man, Jesus, thank you for making me who I am. Thank you for giving me all that I need according to your riches and glory. Not according to the leftovers. Not according to the meager uh, results of life. No, the best. You and I can have that now. You and I can have that freely. All that is needed is to believe. Now I'm going to invite you in a prayer. If this message spoke to you, and you want to receive Jesus in your heart, those here and those outlined, I want to invite you into this prayer. And because we honor all our viewers, I'm also going to invite all the Latin community. Is that okay with y'all? Amen. Quiero invitar todos los que están viendo a recibir a Jesucristo en su corazón. Y vamos a hacer una oración juntos. Y todos lo vamos a repetir juntos. Lo voy a decir en inglés, pero todos podemos incluir. Amen. So everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. No one has to know. This is between you and the Lord. This is an intimate moment. And as you pray, as you receive Christ in your heart, I want you to imagine with me all the past challenges, all the past hurts from your childhood, all the past challenges from your youth, adulthood, and even currently. And I want you to see the blood of Jesus covering all those things and making them white as snow. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Come into my heart. I am now your child, and you are my Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give a round of applause. And now if you may stand with me, please. We're going to get ready to say our declaration, but before, I want to say a prayer of blessings over you. How many over here like blessings? Let me see. Show of hand. Man, I told you, I knew I was in the right crowd. Blessing is at our disposal now. It's yours. It is your blood-bought right to receive all the blessings that your Father can attribute, contribute, and give to you. Amen? So right now, with great boldness, I'm going to ask that you raise your hand. Don't be shy. The things of Jesus are for kings, for queens. 
brand new creations in Christ. Amen. Right now, in the name of Jesus, the Lord bless you, Bridge Church. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you now and give you great favor, success, power, growth, renewal in every area of your life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Awesome, guys. I love you guys so much. Welcome to the family of God. You are now my brother. You are now my sister. We are family. This is your real family. And I pray to God that from this day forth, you start seeing yourself owning your right standing in Christ. Amen. Awesome. So now we're going to say this declaration together. And now that you have been brought into the fold, into the house of the Father, let's say this with great courage and boldness all together. Ready? Say, I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and God bless you, Bruce Church. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.